Great. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. The face has a lot of blood vessels and stuff, as you saw with um, Ian. You get hit in the face and you bleed all over the place. If you get stabbed in the cheek or the side of the face, there's going to be a lot of blood, and it's you're going to see it within a few seconds. How's it going, Al? Uh, it's going great, Pat. Cool. I was looking at uh, Mayor de Blasio on the fucking uh, oh, TV today. He's talking about, um, what, shutting down nine zip codes for COVID again. And, and, and you know what? I, you expect this kind of shit. This is what they do. But this is what kills me now. He, he's talking about hospitalizations. I th- that cracked me up. When he started talking about hospitalizations, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Really? You're going to start talking about hospitalizations, overwhelmed hospitals. Uh, fucking, uh, next, he's going to be screaming for ventilators, you know? And oh, I was a PPE shortage. We're going back to April. Why doesn't he just say he wants to destroy the city and get it over with? Man, it, it's. It would be nice, a little honesty. I'm not asking for absolute transparency, you know, but uh, yeah, that would be good. It, it's trans. It, it's funny. He's transparent without being honest, because it, it is. It, <laughs> you can see what he's doing. Uh, how much longer is this? Is he going to go like, on? Uh, I guess it's another year, because uh, next year will be the election year. And there's a woman now who says that she's his uh, ideological soulmate, or something like that. And she's, you know, some kind of a, a, a you, would, you wouldn't think de Blasio would have a protege. You know, you'd think it would be like, this is a, a template for how you don't run a city. And he's, apparently, this, this woman thinks like, well, this is the way to do it. I'm going, and so I guess that's going to be, you know, his. He's, he's his, grooming somebody. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if he's uh, signed off on her or not. I mean, like when I say protege, maybe that's the wrong word because I don't know if they have a mentor protege type relationship or anything like that. But they do. But she is his ideological soulmate. That was that was the way she put it. And she's officially running for mayor. And I, I'll uh, I'll actually find her name momentarily. But, you know, it's. When it, is she a POS? I mean, a POC or um... both? Yes, <laughs> she's both POS, POS and POC. <laughs> I believe. I would. I would assume. Yeah, I, I think she is, and and she's. Uh, well, I mean, like first of all, she's a woman, so that's you know. Uh, so I, I I don't know if we've ever has has there ever been a. Uh, has there ever been a female mayor of New York City? I don't think so. I can't think of any. And then going back, I mean, once we can think back to the 70s, we can go, well, surely there wasn't one before that. Other than the one that you currently have that has no balls. Oh, right. You mean Shirlane McRae? Yes. Uh, she's uh, currently running the city. Well, she's certainly managing a lot of the budget, right? A few uh, a billion dollars or so. Uh, it's funny how it seems like anytime they want to have something that they can declare as an initiative but not actually do anything with, they just give it to Shirley McRae, and that's where projects go to die. And she takes all the money. Yeah, it's what they do. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I, we, we talked a lot about Thrive and stuff, but my God, it's it's pretty fucking, it's pretty bleak. So, okay, here she is. Uh, yeah, ideological soulmate and friend of Bill de Blasio. Six, can she uh, su- succeed him as mayor? New York City will soon find out. This is from the New York Post. Former de Blasio legal counsel. Okay, so she is close with him. 
and mayoral advisor Maya Wiley expected to formally kick off her candidacy candidacy for mayor later this week. Her close ties to de Blasio and effusive comments in support of and in defense of the mayor will come under hot scrutiny. In one tweet after stepping down as as, uh, de Blasio's chief lawyer in 2016, she embraced as a badge of honor being described as one of the mayor's ideological soulmates in a City Limits article. Yes, an ideological soulmate and a friend, she said in a tweet, agreeing with the description at the time. She's also defended the mayor's practice of trekking to and from his Park Slope gym in Brooklyn to exercise, despite living in Manhattan. Uh, de Blasio's board turned critic. She said uh, Wiley's record and time is one of uh, the top aides. De Blasio's top aides will become campaign fodder. If I were her, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to wear that description. Uh, that's... That's the head of the Black Institute. There's a Black Institute? Oh, my goodness. How racist. She's the head of the Black Institute. (laughs) (laughs) De Blasio is going to be an albatross around her neck. Uh, Wiley's 56. Uh, She'd face off in a a crowded Democratic primary. So Comptroller Scott Stringer is a candidate. Uh, The uh, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams. U.S. Housing Secretary Sean Donovan, or former one, and... uh, Citigroup executive Ray McGuire, former Sanitation Commissioner Catherine Garcia, and former City Veterans Affairs Commissioner Lori Sutton. I've heard of uh, only a couple of those. What are these people supposed to be doing other than stealing money? What? No, that's the job, stealing money. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they're all Democrats. I mean, there's no nobody. nobody's mentioned any. His protege means that she's a full-on communist like he is. That's basically what ideological soulmate. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. Yeah. She's got to be pretty much a uh, a Castro style old school red. When I say that he's um, transparent without being honest or truthful, uh, what I mean is that everything he does seems uniquely designed to ruin it, to fuck shit up. It seems to have no upside just it's it it's just all uh downside but that's all communist or communism does is ruin everything uh, like how many times has it been tried and it, it it don't work did you see aoc the other day she tweeted something out and blatantly had the uh, the red sickle and hammer and star right behind her in this video tweet i'm not surprised just say what it is just say you want communism and these idiots that are going to vote from are going to vote for him anyway so just say what it is it's like it's not it's transparent i mean everybody sees what it is they're just not using the word for it. yeah won't ever use the word for some reason i don't know why i guess it's because uh that's it's 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 very it's like a fig leaf you know not saying that word covers up the you know the very naughtiest of the naughty parts but you know it's under there i guess it's that's where it is eve you know with her little fig leaf covering her pussy (laughs) you know like that's where the pussy's at you know and uh and it doesn't make it like you can't see what's going on that's a nude woman right there and and they're standing there virtually naked with their ideological uh penises and, and pussies uh, you know, barely covered, it, and and people will argue with you on it. Come on, we this is you you can't just like uh, 
make it a whole different like they they look at it as the whole communism means government ownership of the means of production and of everything and they own not only the means of production but they own a, they, it it's all theirs and they get the well it, it's yeah i guess you know just not calling it that is the only thing that prevents people from making the connection between the kind of authority the mayor has assumed to run businesses, decide whether they're open or closed uh, on a whim, you know, virtually a whim, and to decide who gets to go outside and who gets to stay inside and who gets to say what and who gets to protest and who doesn't get to protest and who gets to... Playing those kind of favorites, it's, you know, it, it starts out, it sounds like, just a nice exception. Oh, at, the, in the, at this time... In this at this historic moment when it's been so many years that they've you know four hundred years or thousands of years or whatever that that they've struggled and and you know at this historic time they they need to be able to loot and and to uh, and, and to march and protest and chant while the rest of us are locked down and, and can't can't do this thing and in fact we'll arrest anybody else who's doing it but it starts off like an exception you know but then it's like no that's that's the that's the default i'm so glad you brought this up so the restitution right so first of all the first slaves that were brought to america were irish second of all the first actual black slave owner in america was black and the largest lynching. Hold on, Al. It sounds like it sounds like you've been reading Jim Goad. <laughs> <laughs> and the largest lynching in America was, I believe, eleven or twelve Italians. So it makes me laugh with this whole lynching thing. First of all, when has that happened? But on top of it, eleven or twelve—we'll say eleven Italians—got lynched. The largest lynching in America, and yet. What do you hear about it? Nothing. Because it doesn't nope. fit the agenda. Where's my reparations? I'm Italian. I, w- I want my reparations. Yeah. I, I'd be fine with that <laughs> for 11. Now, I mean, like, reparations, when you get into paying them, you start going like, wow. I, I think reparations is, is a foot in the door to just redistribute all the money. I mean, that, that was that's what would happen eventually because, like, there's many people of many different groups who've been wronged and you know if you put them all together then you have a class action deal but you know it's not necessarily always based on a person's color it's not always necessarily based on a person's race or their ethnicity or anything some of the people who got lynched raped somebody killed somebody that's what lynchings were lynch mobs would form when there was a crime that they feel they felt pretty well convinced that this was the deal and they were just taking justice into their own hands. Sometimes they would come to the jail and, and, and you know, try to get somebody out of the jail and so that they could, you know, do what they wanted, which was to kill them. And, look, I'm not saying that's right or anything like that. It's certainly not the rule of law. But it's also, uh, and, I, and I'm also not saying that something like that with blacks probably was, it, it probably was something that was easier to overlook for a lot of people of the time because they were like, well, this is not really a, a, a full-blown type of, uh, you know, citizen that, that you know, they, they had their own opinions about, about blacks at the time. So they, they, I would say that it was, it was most likely, uh, 
you know, there, there is a racial element to it. However, Emmett Till, I, I don't know the details of that situation at all. It sounds to me as if the woman lied about him. If you're going to pin it on anybody, you should pin it on her. I understand that taking, like I said, the law into your own hands and administering justice without a trial or whatever, if they did all that with Emmett Till, which I guess they did, okay, that's bad. But also her lying about about the whole situation, that's actually what created the issue. And they don't want to blame the woman. Right. Well, I mean, Tawana Brawley. Tawana Brawley. <laughs> Supposedly covered with feces. Yeah, I, I love when I rape a woman. I want her covered with feces, and I want to write ethnic slurs on her too. Because feces uh, and written on and thrown in a dumpster. Because that's what you do after you rape somebody. You need to defecate, and then. Well, it was her. It was her excrement. I though. think Sharpton still is hasn't paid his reparations to that poor white guy or the white guys that got accused of of doing it. Who lost everything. I'm sure they lost their careers and, and reputation, plus just having that much of your life, you know, devoted to dealing with some fantasy that that is not only something that didn't happen, that, and so you're living in a dream world, and the whole rest of the city and the world living in this, this silly, ridiculous fantasy. Like, I mean, once they determined that the feces was hers, you know... You could. It seems like you could extrapolate like that. A lot of the story isn't true. Why would you take a woman's like shit? Like okay, now Tawana or you know whatever they're calling her as they're raping her, right? Theoretically, shit into my hand so I can spread it onto your body. You know, uh, it, it, and and it, you're, if can you imagine cops being that like? stupid i guess you'd have to say like to like okay let's let's rape this unattractive teenager and then leave a lot of evidence in the form of writing and you know putting her in a garbage bag and all that. i mean they're, they're going to be able to find all these uh they're, they're, there's a lot of links there you know it's it's just it's not it seems like the way it would be done if you're a cop you're gonna look for a crime and i mean you're going to assume that most people aren't going to be nuts enough to create a story like that because they were late going home, uh, you know? So I guess the beating from is that her, what, is that what that was about? Yeah. I think she was late going home. And she had stayed out all night or whatever. So I guess the beating at home would have been much worse than covering yourself with your own shit and writing on yourself. <laughs> I guess that's a hell of a beating. She must be, yeah, that that's, that's stern parenting right there. I feel like maybe what was he going to cover her with, you know, uh, something worse than feces, I guess. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, we'd seen that before with, uh, it seems like a pattern because, uh, I don't know about pattern, but I have heard of it before the woman a couple of years ago who, uh, she was a Muslim girl and she was late coming home. She made up this whole, story about how these MAGA guys came on and they were chanting Trump, Trump, Trump when they left the train. They 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 ripped her bag, her handbag, uh, the you know, she managed to hold on to it somehow. I mean, like these guys, she was terrified of them, but they couldn't even steal her purse. And they uh ripped her hijab off. Oh my Christ. And you know, they I think they said some shit like get out of our country or something. This is my MAGA Oh wait, maybe I'm conflating uh, Jesse Jesse Smollett there. I wonder was Jesse Smollett late coming home? Was his dad gonna fucking beat him? 
But he, so many enough questions. time to, to eat his Subway with the noose around his neck. <laughs> Join that Subway sandwich. You'd think he'd lose his appetite, right? And being faced with that kind of... I just got harassed. I'm going to call the police. They're going to be here for a while. I already have my sandwich. I'll leave the noose as evidence and just enjoy my uh, BMT. <laughs> I think it was a tuna melt or something. A tuna. I think it was. I think tuna was involved. I, I remember it being a sandwich that was like, oh god, not that. I'm not buying tuna. The only way I'll eat tuna is the way my mom served it to me, which is out of a can, mixed with mayonnaise. And and spread onto white bread, and that, that's the only way I'm eating that shit. The, uh, I used to, because it is quite delicious from Subway. But I, uh, that mayo in there, and uh, you don't know how long they're leaving that stuff out. You're dealing with fish. You're dealing with mayo, and you're dealing with uh, an employee who, instead of washing their hands, they just put on those those little white those those little clear gloves. You know, those little Ziploc gloves. Like you Ziploc like gloves. they're gonna dye their hair before. Or they uh, make you sandwich. <laughs> they're gonna yeah, they're <laughs> gonna do a home perm. And uh, remember perms? Do they do those anymore? Do la- do ladies do perms still? I don't know. My my, my mom got a uh, yeah. perm back back in ninety two. My my parents owned a pizzeria, and my mother went next door to get a her hair done. She got talked into a perm, and I I walked in after school to go to work, and my father looks at me and says. Do not say anything about your mother's hair. And I walked in the back and it was like I had a clown for a mother. And I'm trying to keep a straight face. <laughs> My mother ended up spending maybe $500 on wigs um, that she had to wear for, I think, at least six months before it grew out enough that she could do something else with. But it was not good. Wow. Not pleased with, with what she got. Uh, the perm, that's the thing. It's short. I, I wonder if there's people who are listening who don't even know what a perm is. I mean, is that possible? I'm trying to think. Like, I, I, don't, I haven't heard of anybody getting one in so long that I don't even know if they exist anymore. But a permanent is what it is. They would get a permanent, and it's permanent, uh, basically. It, yeah. <laughs> and so if it doesn't go well, you got a bad perm. And I never saw anybody get a perm and, and went like, Hey, that's a huge improvement. Oh my God. Thank God you got the perm. Yep. Never saw it go well. And yet they would still do it. They would they would still do it. They would still do a fucking perm. Like it doesn't it never has looked good once on anybody and yet you're doing it. Why? Is it sad that we're old enough that even not even that old, but that we can bring up a perm and there are people who may not know what the hell. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. When, when, when uh, Joe Biden was talking about leaving the record player on all night, I was like, wow, that's, I guess here's a story. A a Bronx grandfather busted for child endangerment after taking a dying girl on a two hour ride to a Queens hospital instead of a medical center, which was less than a mile from his home. Three-year-old Jalen Evans after sleepover at her best friend's, grandfather's Mott Haven apartment. So this is her best friend's grandfather. And she stayed over at the Mott Haven, the Bronx apartment. uh, And she collapsed in the morning and and later died in Little Neck. He drove her all the way to Little Neck. Uh, Cops arrested Anthony Richardson. He's 59. About three hours after they were called to the hospital. Uh, hmm. Why? How? Asked the mom. Uh, 
about the criminal charge because he didn't take her to the nearest hospital or call an ambulance. You're saying she could still be alive if he took her to the nearest hospital or called an ambulance. He didn't mean no harm. Well, that's, it, it didn't, I'm sure he did not mean no harm. I don't think that's the. Uh, he got I don't confused. Think that's the. Uh, I don't think that's the uh, allegation. They want school choice, so he figured hospital choice, and he heard maybe. maybe that. I mean, all the way to Little Neck. I mean, uh, I know a guy up here at Little Neck. He's a good doctor. Maybe he figured. I mean, when you panic, you just think of the first hospital that occurs to you sometimes. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, like you would think you would know where the hospital is one mile from your home. I know where that the, there's a hospital. I mean, I you know you pass hospitals and you're like, oh yeah, hospital. Um, Lloyd said she believes the grandfather of her daughter's closest friends uh, wasn't thinking straight when he headed to the Queens facility where he typically takes his own ailing relatives. He probably did not think it was such a huge emergency. Uh, I want, and, and it doesn't say why she collapsed yet. I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, Lloyd last saw her daughter alive when she agreed to let Jalen attend a sleepover with Richardson's four-year-old daughter at his Bronx, or granddaughter, rather, at his Bronx home. And she gave uh, Jalen some medicine for a low-grade fever. The little girl seemed to be feeling better when she left for the sleepover. She had a fever. Maybe you shouldn't have sent her for the sleepover. Maybe. I don't know. It turned tragic when she came out for breakfast and collapsed to the floor the next morning. Tony said it's time to eat. Jalen fell, closed her eyes. That's when he took her to the doctor, uh, according to what uh, relatives told the detectives. Uh, he said that's that's the only good hospital he knew for children. Uh, it's good for children. Uh, police told the, the two little girls were watching television, eating snacks when she fell to the floor. Now I wonder what I wonder what that was. I wonder what uh, what causes a little kid to just fucking collapse like that. It must be COVID. She, she, so she. The parents knew that she was sick, and they sent her to sleep over anyway. Is that right? Yeah, she seemed to be feeling better, but she she gave her medicine for a low-grade fever, so they were fully aware that, you know what, it might have been some interaction with the medicine. I wonder, I, if, that's, I wonder if that's possible. I mean, when I worked EMS, when they said the kids will, they can, um, how can I explain this? They can hold out for longer than adults can as far as if they're not doing well. Um, but then once it gets to that point where uh, their body can't hold out anymore, it goes down extremely rapidly. So, um, I mean, obviously the kid was sick, and but zero sense to, to drive to the farthest hospital. I got fired uh, from working EMS. Uh, this one particular place because I refused to take the patient to the hospital that they wanted to go to. It was out of state and technically out of our area. Um, but because they were a board member, um, they thought they should have special treatment. Wow. And you, and you had to take the fall for that, even though it would have been against the policy and everything out of your range, not part of what your normal job should be. Politics. Wow. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. Those jobs are, uh, I'm sure that at the time, and now did, did this go through a whole process, like a whole administrative thing, like some kind of administrative trial or something? No, I was, I was just an employee there and, um, they, the person had fallen down the stairs. They were elderly. I was an EMT. I worked with the medic. Technically the medic should have took the job in because she fell down a flight of stairs. Um, this was in Westchester. I'm, worked on the border of Westchester and Connecticut Greenwich is right over the border. They didn't like the hospital in 
Westchester that we would go to. So they wanted us to take her to Greenwich, which you don't bypass. In New York City, if the patient asks you to take them to a particular hospital, I believe you have to take them to that hospital. Where up in Westchester, the hospitals are so sparse. If you have a trauma, you go to a particular medical center, whichever one's closer. If you have an injury, you go to the closest hospital. You don't go to Greenwich because it's a fancier yeah, hospital. Yeah, sure. And, that, and that's the rule. That's the law. But uh, politics comes into play. And then uh, all I got was a phone call saying that was a board member that fell down the stairs. You should have taken her to Greenwich. And I said, isn't it our policy to go to the closest hospital? Yeah, but so I said, well, can I apologize? And he said, no. I said, so I guess I'm off the schedule. And they said, yes. And that was the end of it. Well, yeah. Hey, uh, a lot of people would try to uh, do a lawsuit, I would think. Did you consider that? When you're in your 20s, it's, it is what it is. You just, I had a full time EMS job that was just extra money. I wasn't, it was too political there. It was in Westchester and one of the more affluent, uh, towns if you if you were black and walked down the street somebody was definitely calling the police on you <laughs> must have been hard being a black guy at that time for you yeah uh, very uh, and yeah i understand so now uh i don't know uh, if you've heard a 33 year old nypd officer an ethnic tibetan native of china has been arrested for allegedly acting as an agent of a foreign government lying to obtain asylum in the U.S., according to federal prosecutors in violent Brooklyn. Now, the cop, whose name I'm going to attempt, Baim Adagir, um, once again, uh, Baim Adagi Angwang, it's the one time I'll say it, he is a naturalized U.S. citizen and patrol officer with the 11th Precinct in Queens, also accused of lying about his foreign contacts, he allegedly was uh, engaged in the in the espionage-related activity that he did from May of 2018 until his arrest just recently. He faces charges, Ang Wang does, including acting as an agent of foreign government without prior notification of the attorney general. That's the same thing that uh, uh, Manafort I believe was charged with wire fraud, making false statements about his contacts and obstruction of an official proceeding. Around May 2019, he allegedly engaged in a scheme to defraud the U.S. Department of Defense and obtain money and property from the U.S. government by means of one or more materially false or fraudulent pretenses, representations and promises. So, so to do this, he, he transmitted a fake questionnaire to national security positions Wow, this is a fucking dry ass story, man. No blood, no nothing. But he's a standard. Uh, it's a standard form required for jobs that require a certain level of security clearance. And on that questionnaire, he lied about having extensive contacts with government officials from the People's Republic of China. We have a, it's a Chinese spy. Is what it is. They, they caught a Chinese spy who's an NYPD officer, and his name's Ang Wang. And uh, now he faces these charges here. Uh, what do you think? I mean, like, do you, uh, there must be more, right, where, where you find one. You would think maybe he's not in contact with them. Maybe he's not somebody, you know. Uh, I do know that the CCP works through, you know, certain community organizations in, like, Flushing to, you know, to, to influence and to, you know, uh, you know, things are run a little bit differently in Flushing, from what I understand, uh, based on, the fact that the CCP is is involved there and they've got direct ties to China. 
uh, you know, there, and uh, it's very, very closely, very close knit. You still have to go. When I applied, when I applied for New York City, you still have to go for interviews like through downtown. You're not going to that particular area, and you would think with the background checks, though, that I know. I guess maybe either a somebody slipped up. Or B, maybe they knew that he was doing something and just watched them for two years. Yeah. I, oh, I see. To see, oh, I, they've been monitoring it the whole time. That one would hope. Or, you know, he had sympathetic people working in those uh, positions because I don't, once you have a communist mayor and you've got certain communist congressmen from the 11th district, uh, you know, I, I, I then you go, well, maybe, uh, you know, maybe I, AOC was seen with this guy. Why would she be hanging around with some cop from the uh, from a Queens precinct? I mean, it doesn't really make any sense. So you kind of wonder, uh, they knew, yeah, they knew. I guess they must have known. I mean, I something, yeah. I mean, AOC, I mean, I f- you think she knew? You think she was, but but not knew in a way that's like, you know, she's trying to, but she knew from the other end, right? That this guy was, uh, an, uh, what do you call an ally or a uh, a comrade? Yes, comrade. Just a fellow traveler. That's a, something they used to say, I think. A fellow traveler. Uh, there's there's so much more on this, but I think we get the with the basic idea. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I guess if there's any result from the trial, I mean, I, this is one of the stories that kind of came up. It was a big deal, and then it was it's kind of gone. I suppose it's in some kind of holding pattern or whatever. But uh, I I just I'm gonna say I'm gonna keep you posted, and then we'll see. <laughs> a brute. <laughs> This is a, a, a in Manhattan now, uh, this, and this guy randomly delivered a blow to a 77-year-old who was in need of brain surgery, this, this man. Uh, and uh, as he did it, he said, that's what I do, which is, uh, <laughs> that's all the explanation you need. That's what I do. I mean, obviously, it's what you do. You just did it. It's what you've done. <laughs> yeah, you just did it. <laughs> you need to uh, now now announce it. You think they think of these like slogans that, that like, oh man, it'll sound cool if I say this after I punch somebody in the head. You may be right because these days with social media and stuff like that, you got people who normally would not be even thinking about things like branding. They're really trying to, you know, build a name for themselves and make it. I think I think it's something like that. <laughs> He's merchandising koozies. That's what I do. That's what I do. I'm really upset that this happened to him, said the wife. She wanted to be anonymous. The man walked up to him and said, that's what I do. And then he hit him. Uh, yeah, well, say, see, you know what? I wonder if that's what he does, the Rick Moranis It is puncher. what he do, because he did it. <laughs> yeah. I, I completely forgot about that story. There's so much weird shit happening. But he was uh, punched, caught on camera even, an unprovoked attack, which, of course, well, I mean, can you can you really... It just depends on if the guy had seen Ghostbusters or not, or if he was uh, uh, not a fan of the of, of Rick Moranis's work. I mean, unprovoked. I guess it's unprovoked. I mean, you should be able to to do your art without getting punched for it. 
Uh, now, the, uh, yeah, they had confirmed Rick Moranis randomly attacked by a stranger on the Upper West Side. It happened in broad daylight just before 7.30 a.m. Central Park West near 70th Street and, of course, the Upper West Side. That's perfect for Rick Moranis, it seems like. Uh, I, now, how old is this guy, Rick Moranis? 67-year-old. He's the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Ghostbusters actor. The video shows a suspect ironically wearing an I Love New York sweatshirt. By the way, that's the only way... Anybody wears an I Love New York sweatshirt is ironically. Everybody. I'm surprised. <laughs> There's only one, one way to wear it. You think he punched him in the face <laughs> and then just went off to work? Just like the, off to the, the, the uh, back of uh, Dunkin' Donuts or something. <laughs> yeah, he's on his way to work. Yeah, and he's like, hey, look, Rick Moranis has got to be. A, yeah, that's what I do. That, and I do the donuts. <laughs> he went to the hospital with pain in his head, Moranis did, back in it. Uh, he later walked to the precinct to report the crime. NYPD's new community affairs rapid response team. There's a new community affairs rapid response team. And they checked on him. I wasn't aware of that. The community affairs rapid response team. That sounds like Channel 12, Eyewitness News or some shit. You know, like they just, what do they do? They show up. Hey, are you okay? All right. No, All right. right. You need anything? All right. Show up like that, but not in that tone. They show. Are you okay? Is there anything that you yeah. need? Are you safe? Are you sorry safe? that you got punched in the head uh, by a guy? But you know that's what he do. So, <laughs> how do you know he's a black guy? Did you see the video? Yeah. Oh, I see him. Yeah, he's a black guy. Oh, right? like he's not. He's right right sorry, New York. Um, white people don't usually get randomly punched in the head by other white people. Sorry. No, no, it's true. What you say is true. I just want to. Yeah, there's certain people who listen. People who have an idea. Playing, have yes. a, oh, yeah. sure. The white people punch people all the time. I'm sure. Randomly punching Rick Moranis. That could have been a crazy white guy, but it's it's not. Uh, it's. He didn't say who you're gonna call when he punched them, right? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call the new NYPD Community Affairs Rapid Response Team. He's got a tagline now. The, the one guy. That's what I do. This guy. Who you gonna call? Yeah. Yeah, you can because yeah, you can call anybody. They might not a nine one one. I don't know who's gonna come anymore. Uh, although I'm not gonna shit on the cops. What I'm saying is, you know, these things happen so frequently now that, uh, and what I mean is, an actor from Honey I Shrunk the Kids and Ghostbusters gets punched. Rick Moranis must be a small guy. He he's got to be a tiny, tiny fellow. Yeah, and that's all they. It's usually old people, old women. Yeah. Um, women with baby carriages. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the weak. It's the I mean, unless the, you're uh, a psycho, uh your your buddy there, uh his name Luzito. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. yeah, now now yeah, that's right. Gelman was a psycho, yeah. Punch somebody in the face who looks like that. No. That was I mean, let alone <laughs> What'd you say? You just that blatantly try and kill him. You ain't punching him. You're trying to take him out totally. But man, he's got uh, he's got my respect. Lozito's uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, Loz, Loz, uh, he uh, his podcast now is is about hockey fights. By the way, he's got a whole podcast. Not only is it only about hockey fights, it's only about New York Islanders hockey fights. I mean, that's a. That, that that is a specific. I thought New York City crime was specific. This really, that that's a much much finer point. 
than uh than I'm not a hockey than, fan, than, but uh, I guess it happens a lot. Yeah, I mean, I guess it does. I guess a few times per game. Yeah, because he he interviews these guys from from the fights. You know, like people who were involved. You know, uh, it's it's pretty. Uh, I, I don't know. I I find that pretty impressive that uh, he's able to to get a hold of these guys. And, and, you know, sit and, I mean, like, he talks to them for a while. Joe Zito's podcast is called Coliseum Chronicles, The Penalty Box. So that's, that. what you have there is, and I can tell you right now, now my, my podcast has a long title, The New York City Crime Report with Pat Dixon. That's a, that, that's a bunch of words, but, uh, and, and his is fewer. I'll give him that. But Coliseum Chronicles, The Penalty Box that to me sounds like you had two name, you had two ideas for titles. You couldn't make up your mind, so you just you know put the colon and right. <laughs> if you decide you want to switch it up one day, hell, then... they, they, there you go. You're all good. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I, I'm 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 a subscriber, and uh, he has a, a five out of five rating on the show. You know, Coliseum Chronicles, the penalty box, uh, the most recent episode. Uh, is uh, uh, from just a couple of days ago. Uh, he interviews Ken Baumgartner from 89, uh, 90. That's, that's when he was active, I suppose. And, uh, yeah, it, it, this is a real, deal, a real deal podcast. Great opening. <laughs> it's all the ugly. <laughs> You figure these guys like I, I like I said I'm not into sports but you know with hockey who gives them an opportunity to talk it's always the retired football players the retired baseball players so these guys I'm sure are more than thrilled to have an outlet yeah good point yeah I mean that's that is true like the the old hockey players you never hear much from I just always figured they got killed playing the game you know most of them but maybe it's uh, not quite that dramatic. But... Uh, it's a rough game. I never played hockey in my life. That's the thing about hockey is that and, and, and people in the South, and I'm originally from Tennessee or Georgia or South Carolina, wherever I'm from, but uh, they, uh, they are absolutely do not love hockey down there. They never will. I don't care what anybody says. They always want to because they want to um, be thought of that way i think they want to be like people in the, some people in the south they wanted they're they're fucking posers you know and they, they just like get into your uh you know your sec and um uh football and and shit and and let it go but they don't they don't they, when they want to think of themselves as like no we we like hockey that's a, they, like they actually think of that as like some kind of a an upgrade you know sports wise or something and they'll never be into it cuz there's no ice down there uh, there's no, uh, th th there's just no hockey down. There wasn't a hockey team down there for for most of the time. Let's uh, give me a break. So, uh, all right, let's, here's a, here's a story from the New York Daily News, and uh, it happens in the Forgotten Borough. A crook armed with a screwdriver caught on video attacking two bagel shop workers on Staten Island. Armed with a screwdriver. This guy's got a screwdriver. He goes, you know what? I'm gonna go and attack these guys in a bagel shop. Holy shit, I'm looking at the video now, and that is very impolite, what he has just done to this guy. My God. He's, like, sort of looking around at the cooler. This guy basically looks like he sticks this thing right in this guy's face. This is, uh, this is unreal. Okay, watch this. Okay, so he comes in. He's looking around. Just like that. 
Did he stick him with that? With that? Uh, does it look like he sticks him with that? Ooh, yeah, oh. definitely. Oh my fucking god! And he knows right where to go too. Here's another guy. He's trying to get the register open desperately, trying to get the register open. Sticks him. Come on, hurry up! Fuck! It's a flathead too, man. That's not going in easy. What a great! This is that. That is so stereotypical. Letting some of the cash just fall to the, you know, just like fall. You know what I mean? Those were dollars. He didn't want the small bills. Just, just dollars, right? Oh, that that's the Rick. This is the Rick Moranis punching right here. Pow! He is just walking down the street. He's not even. You know, there's like an you, you, when you see somebody walking down the street who looks a little intimidating, maybe. You kind of like get a safe distance, you know. What I mean, like you you get a safe distance, or you or you brace up, you prepare. Mm-hmm. Rick Moranis, he does he doesn't look prepared, but he's not walking too close. I mean, like the, the guy closes the distance really quickly and, and just knocks Moranis right on his anus. Uh, Jesus Christ, that is something else. So uh, yeah, this guy with the screwdriver. Back to Staten Island. All right, we're really giving you the overview here. He targeted hot bagels on Arthur Kills Road and Aspen Knowles. Hmm, I never heard of that. Uh, and this was at three thirty a.m. Oh. So this guy, uh, th- these guys are open. You know, this is what happens sometimes, I guess. But you don't want to be open these hours like that. But at the same time, you, you, we need places like that. You know, twenty-four hour places are are desperately needed for. For people like me, you know, like I don't, I don't go to bed at night. I I, I get hungry at fucking four in the morning, and and everything's closed these days. You know, this used to be the city that never sleeps. Now it's the city that won't wake up. <laughs> or no, it's too woke. Is actually what it is. <laughs> well, it is too woke. Speaking of too woke, new episode of Too Woke Two F. That's with the letter the number two, and uh, two. Uh, woke and then another two and then f i I wanted people to just never find the show and so here we are two woke two f and uh, the new episode is is out you can get it on uh wherever you're listening to this you can probably just as easily uh get that show it's not for everybody you know it's kind of a satire there's a lot of funny editing on it but uh, if you guys haven't checked it out do give it a try now uh, it says he's sporting a nike hoodie this guy sunglasses surgical mask which used to would have looked strange, Al, right? I remember a couple of years ago, I went into a, a gas station store and the guy wanted me to take my hat off because of the. I said, I'm not taking my hat off. I just won't shop here. And now you can walk into the bank with the mask on and it's just, it's ironic that, but it, yeah. It doesn't matter if he got caught, he'd be out the same day anyway. So what, like what, it's not a, it's a win-win yeah, for him. The priority on, on uh, attempting to enforce something that prosecutors are not really all that interested in enforcing. This guy got away though with $9,000 making it, you know, it's a grand, grand theft at that point, I guess. It's, it, oh, you think so? That was an inside I don't think it's a bagel job. job. Well, it, 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 <laughs> this guy, it might have been an inside job. But I'll tell you something. This guy surely did not see that that was about to happen because uh, maybe it was that second guy who came along and just got stuck in the arm a little bit, you know. But uh, look at this. Somebody trying to steal this guy's scooter as he shops. Like he's like, I have that type of job, and you're open there he goes. 24 hours a day. You 
somebody comes in at three, three thirty in the morning, you're going to be a little bit more on your toes a little bit than if it was three o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, you get stabbed at any time of the day in the city, but sure. But yeah, you would think that you might be on your guard and the guy did not seem to be uh, truly, you know, uh, alert. I mean, not 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 alert, but I think that the guy it must be one of those deals. The cooler there must be very close to just like getting right behind the register. You know, they don't always have a lot of space to, to fuck with. We can't see the exact configuration of the room, but it it looks to me as if. He, he he he's on him pretty quick. I mean, you know, really, he's he's not. Uh, it, it it's not a. It, it was a, it was definitely a, a surprise attack for him. That guy got stuck in the face with a fucking screwdriver, and I don't see that noted in the story. It's funny you see the. Uh, it just says he suddenly moves behind the counter, strikes a sixty-one-year-old worker, who collapses to the floor. And he lies motionless as the crook digs through a cabinet near the floor. And I, and when you say inside job, you may be, you may very well be right because we had a, obviously he knew exactly where that fucking money was. I mean, there was no, there, there was there was no where's the fucking money? You know, he knew where the. I guess that was probably the drop, right? The uh, it was going to be the uh, what the deposit. You know what the? It's not just what's in the register. It's eight thousand eight hundred dollars. Yeah. I won't leave a hundred dollars on my dresser. My one of my kids will clip it. You're gonna have nine thousand dollars <laughs> in the store at three o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, at three o'clock in the morning. If you if you had eight grand, you know, laying there, your your kid might get into the toolbox and pull out some screwdrivers or whatnot. You know, and like go to town. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It, this is the, your son's not on trial here, you know. No, but no. Uh, take a Phillips to the face. But uh, was it the second day the store was open? They had no clue that they were doing business in the city, and uh, let alone like to I know think, that they had think, that much money. I don't know what kind of money a place pulls in over the course of a day, uh, and I don't know how often you have to do a. A deposit at the bank but i mean you are accumulating cash throughout the day and sometimes people will not make a deposit every single day i think oh it was right after yom kippur i don't know if the banks are closed for that holiday or not but even if the banks are not not open of course you can you know go and do stuff unless you're living yeah. at the store and still stick it in the ceiling but nine thousand dollars for a day for a bagel store i may change careers yeah, yeah, really. I mean, you know, uh, although that does not look like a fun business to me. I mean, the, the bagel dough is very—it's heavy and fucking long, and so you got to boil it. You're, they're boiled. The shit is boiled. You, you're boiling bread. I, I don't know how that works. It's—it's a, it's a very odd kind of a fucking bread, but it is delicious sometimes. So he—it just says he strikes the guy, but he doesn't just strike the guy. He fucking sticks a screwdriver into his fucking face. I mean, God damn. That, can you imagine, like, up the nose, man? That's how they did uh, fucking lobotomies, you know? I mean, like, you could lobotomize this fucking guy. And that's, uh, that, that's a serious assault. It, it had to have, I mean, lucky for the guy, and I have no clue, but I'm assuming he caught him in the mouth uh, or somewhere lower eye area because, I mean, if... Uh, you 
you know, get through the skull and touch the brain, you're, it's highly unlikely that, you know, you're going to live. Yeah, but didn't they scramble people's brains like that with the uh, ice picks back in the in the early lobotomy days? They they would just take a fucking ice pick and just stick it. It, it was literally an ice pick, and they would just go... There's, stir cer- around. Uh, there's certain... I did a suicide one time, and they... Uh, was a Spanish guy. He lived with a couple other people. They hadn't seen him after work. And uh, they went out on the roof and climbed through his window and uh, called us. When we got there, he was on his bed and he had the, uh, a roofing nail gun. And he had uh, shot himself in the temple with it. Um, the roofing nail is probably... Ow. Why have we not been talking about this the whole time? That's the question. Uh, Found a guy. The guy had... had had stuck a, a nail roofing gun to his temple to his head, and to driven his temple. Nail. Yeah. Okay. And he was okay. dead. Um, <laughs> but it's just, uh, it's an interesting, it was an interesting way to think of going. I, I don't Well, does well, the does nail, the... since it's not going into such a hard surface, does the, uh, the, the head of the nail does it prevent it does that stop the progress of the bullet like at probably at the skull i would guess the temple is like the temple on both sides of your head that's extremely sensitive area i mean if you get punched hard enough there i believe that you can get killed um it's whatever area of the brain or just how close it is but the term we're using for punch now is moranist <laughs> <laughs> she got Moranist in the head. But, um, yeah, so that, I mean, that particular area, um, that's the area you want to go for, uh, I guess. Um, no blood. Yeah, yeah, you would. What if you stuck it in the front of your head, pulled the trigger on, on that? I don't know how long a roofing nail is. I assume pretty long. Would that be, do you think that would kill you, or do you think you would just kind of shit your pants for the rest of your life? I guess it could go. It could go both ways, because um, I and bring up the lobotomy and thinking about it. Yeah, there are people who have had things sticking out of their head and survived. It's just you, um, you know, you 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 catch the right place. I don't know how many stories you want, but I have another interesting one. Please, um, guys, driving on the high. Well, his wife and him are driving on the highway, come back from a Yankees game. And they're behind a tractor trailer. The wife is driving in a piece of metal, uh, like the leaf spring, and the tractor trailer broke off and went through the windshield into the passenger's face. Her husband is a passenger. Oh, so wait, 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 one moment. Let me let me make sure I've got this right because I get confused. So they're they're driving a tractor trailer, or they're behind. They're behind the tractor trailer, coming home from a Yankees game. Okay, and so. Massachusetts and the trailer what's hitching the trailer to the actual truck breaks look at the back tires of the tractor trailer there's those big pieces of metal leaf springs there's usually three or four of them stacked up so um and they're right where the tires are um so piece of that it had to have been about a foot and a half long and four to five inches wide broke off hit the highway and then through the windshield directly into the guy's face. Mm, my God. What a weird way to commit suicide. Well, like, I don't, I'm... <laughs> so he didn't die, though. 
and the thing was that um, they they were by the hospital, and they pulled in, and the people in the in the emergency room didn't know how to get him out of the car. So we they called us to go to the hospital while he's sitting outside the emergency room to basically backboard and collar him out of the car and then into uh, the hospital with this huge piece of metal sticking out of his face. And what had happened was the luck of it was that um, it went through the windshield kind of straight like a spear almost, and it caught his face and kind of slid along his bone, his skull under the skin. So he suffered like a broken eye socket and I think it severed his ear canal. Um, but all they had to do to remove it was basically cut his skin flap and then take it out. Like it didn't go through any bone or it just skinned his, it scalped him the side of his face. Yeah. Yeah. The side of his face. It, okay, so it caught this. So it went. It, you said it came in like a spear, and it was on the left or right hand side of his face. Yeah. So basically, from like the corner of your eye down to your jaw, he had a piece of metal, and you could see front and back sticking out. But like Holy I said, holy shit! All the way through, but just through the skin. So it was like, to, and they had to, and it was, and it was just a flap there. So his ear canal, like you said, was cut. Uh, he couldn't hear, I guess. So uh, it was like he got a piercing, a big piercing. What the what the fuck? He was unconscious or no? To, uh, was, he, was he just in a fucking utter, utter, utter panic though, right? Yeah. Uh, well, no, sitting calmly. I used to have pictures. I don't know what happened. It was actually on the Discovery Channel. They talked to the doctor who was there and stuff, but... um. Yeah, that was because uh, it was one of those cases where this guy was beyond lucky. Well, I mean, you say that they couldn't get him out of the car, but uh, why did you have to backboard him and get him? It seems like he could just step step out of the car. The whole at that time, the whole spinal precaution thing was like totally out of just ridiculous. Um, worrying about, I mean, in my ten years that I did it. I never saw anybody in a car accident with the spinal injury, but we would put a collar and backboard everybody. Um, I, they just didn't, I think the ER staff honestly was more in shock than anything else. And they're used to dealing with them through the two doors, not on the outside of the doors. Right. Um, uh, that's, that's, a crazy story, and it stems from what we were just talking about, this guy getting getting hit and, or stabbed. I mean, I can't... The nature of the video here is just not the quality of it. I can't tell for sure. I, I'm going to see if I see him switch hands with it. It looks like he switches hands with it right there, maybe, uh, but like, like that. Can you see if he... I mean, the way he's holding his hand, that's not the way you'd punch somebody, so I think he's sticking him. Unless he used the blunt end, guess that's possible. But I mean, even then, I, I don't know. If, would, would you the way he pokes him? Rather, I mean, uh, the way the guy is fucked. Well, up. also the way I don't think a punch would put a guy down quite like that. You know what I mean? Like that's not that hard of a fucking punch. 
So like the way he sticks, so the way his hand goes after he after he does it, his hand comes down so slow, it doesn't pop off his face really. It's just kind of like there's like a, a slowness to the way he pulls it down. It's like a little bit like it, there's a little. Uh, and then is that the guy's phone on the floor? Is that oh, the big? Did, I don't know. It must have fallen. That maybe falls out of his pocket. These videos are never. What I don't understand with these videos too is that they're always from above. Why are they never at face level? Every question. They, they post these where they put the cameras. It just makes no sense. Okay, you could see the whole store, but then if something happens, you never see what the person looks like. I guess it's like that. So they got they want to make sure that they have like the most area covered, and they figure they'll be able to identify the guy uh, from, you know. So would you say this is the guy who's uh, who, who who helped him? If this is a fucking because he just gets you know kind of like little shot in the arm there you know that's not like what the other guy got this guy didn't know anything about it i bet (laughs) this is what i hate though about the new york daily news uh being the being the 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 point of this so the reason i bring it up is because uh they just says he hits him you know he strikes him he hits him and i think they're always trying to minimize the crime and that's what that bugs me a lot that's a that's a very very vicious assault well, it's like it, say what he did he struck him with the sharp end of a screwdriver he didn't just strike him stabbed him think of a um a fist a Moranis. Yeah. Moranis. yes Moranis. Yeah, but in this case but stabbing somebody in the face is what it is stabbed him in the feck in the fucking face with a screwdriver that's that is uh i know okay so yeah it's a robbery but i I don't like the way they report that. You know, that is not right. If that is in fact what happens, I'm, I just look. What do you What do you think, Al? Is that, is that the screwdriver? It's, it's got to be right, because he doesn't threaten him with it. But it says armed with a screwdriver, caught on video attacking two bagel shop workers. Oof. It just says armed with it. You know what I mean? If he just well, hit him in the face. Well, I guess they want to protect his identity, supposedly. Uh, yeah, but I mean, because they do that for victims, but I also think, uh, you know, they might they might just do it that way anyhow, because they the the Daily News will always they, they never they'll always show the guy walking away from the crime that and they seldom show, you know, the actual fucking violent part. The face has a lot of blood vessels and stuff, as you saw with um, Ian, you get hit in the face and you bleed all over the place. If you get stabbed in the cheek or the side of the face, there's going to be a lot of blood and it's, you're going to see it within a few seconds. It's not going to, I mean, you have enough time on the video to see. Yeah. I think he had a screwdriver in his hand, but look, they blur out a lot more than just this guy's face. You know, like once he's down, look at, look at the area they're blurring. It's like the whole floor around him and everything. Why would they have to blur that much? True. Yeah. You know, it's it's all down on his shirt and everything. I mean, that seems uh, suspect. Look, the the way they blur this guy's head, it's just like mostly right around the head. But this guy's pixelated. You know, this like up here by his shoe and all all this. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're just like being sloppy with it. But maybe you're. But but from your professional medical, uh, if you're saying that 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 the blood would be would be all over the place. I believe you. Uh, but I don't think that necessarily means he didn't hit him with a screwdriver if, uh, 
I mean, you could it could not break the skin. It could have chipped a tooth. I, I can't even see where he catches him. I mean, like it happens e- even when you when we look at it over and over again, it happens so quickly. You know, that's fast. It looks like it's right dead in the, like right under his nose, but you can't tell. Right. So who knows? It's Twirls interesting. Is you just never know. You know, like you could be walking down the street and catch a Moranis, and you know that's what you do. Yeah. Like you and. Pokey <laughs> objects scare me more than a gun. I just, I think with the gun, if he, you know, you have a little sidestep here and there, maybe, you know, I, I'd be more willing to dodge a bullet than have somebody come after me with a knife or, or anything sharp. Yeah, because you never run out of bullets when you're stabbing somebody. And, and when people are shooting at you, they miss a, a lot. You know, not not very many people who are going to go and shoot somebody in the street are, are like trained marksmen who you know go and and get some target practice from time to time you know that's just not the way it is but this guy walking down the street would not look abnormal at all with the mask the sunglasses his head's covered he looks completely in step with the way people walk around the city now and i i I just cannot think again i just looking like normal people these criminals camouflaging themselves these bastards right right yeah, well, you know, we have the normal people now camouflaging themselves as criminals. We've equalized it. It's it's always the way, right? Communism, right? Again, back to I. But they always the idea is to lift up these neighborhoods that need it. But that's not what happens. You drag the rest down to be, you know, even in that. Now again, okay, sure, mask shit. That's nationwide and all that shit. I know. Plenty of people wearing masks, or they're afraid, and all that kind of stuff. And like it's supposed, but I, I don't know. I, I have to say that there's it, too many coincidences about this whole, you know, COVID uh, thing. To, that you know, it, it, it works in the favor of of uh, the wrong elements just a little too much for all this to be a total accident. And uh, boy, they are insistent on these fucking masks, man. And I don't think they would have to say that over and over again if it was an actual well, threat. And exactly. But how pissed was the media when Trump walked up and just took his mask off? It came off nicely. He didn't get caught on his ears, so he didn't look like a schmo like a lot of these people do. And he just looked like he was ready to kick some ass and everybody throws a fit because now they don't know what to do. Oh, they were trying to claim that he was like, oh, just gasping for breath after walking up those stairs. He was like, oh, my God. He was like, no, he wasn't. You lying motherfuckers. He walked up the stairs there and he stood there and just looked at everybody. He didn't even say anything. I mean, I don't know if he eventually said something, but he just stood there. And the Cuomo's commentary. Did you hear that? How he was. I I don't even want to repeat what he said to give him the the satisfaction but it's just so ridiculous but he oh. got slammed because oh, he wants to to complain about trump's grand entrance and yet look at what cuomo did coming out of his basement this is so... oh, his brother you mean yeah yeah his poor little fucking brother cowering in the basement reporting from it was, it was pathetic absolutely pathetic this virus is not being spread by non-essential businesses it's not being spread by schools. What's it? Well, then what are you doing? This is about mass gatherings. And one of the prime places of mass gatherings are houses of worship, 
Fuck you. Now you know the Jews ain't having that. I'm so in favor of freedom of religion. I'm not, I don't go to church. I don't exercise my freedom of religion that way. But fuck you for trying to stop people. Fuck, they want to eliminate churches, you know, because churches are already like, you know, that's a huge decline. People don't go like they used to. And now this shit. Who doesn't want churches? Black Lives Matter. God forbid, whatever you believe in, God forbid you gather together, uh, you know, for anything that makes you feel good, as you well know, comedy, oh, God forbid we get together and laugh or, you know, like I said, whatever you choose to do, praise whoever you praise. But, you know, no, let's not get people together. And I think that's what happened with this whole lockdown was that the stupid virus started. Everybody was helping each other out buying groceries for one another, trying to, and there was a, a, a camaraderie. We supported the police amazingly, what, five, six months ago at this point, four months ago. And now they're, you know, they want them gone, but they were the greatest thing since sliced bread four months ago for being out there with the virus and responding to calls and taking care of people. Oh. We might have seen it that way, but I remember just hearing a lot of, uh, you know, Look at those cops not wearing masks. Look at those cops who I think it was Vox. They are they are they are they are insisting on violent confrontations. They just can't stop themselves. And it, what this article was saying is that the police were spreading COVID into underserved communities and you know in the hoods and the housing projects by going there and getting violent and 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 uh, and, and wrestling around with these crooks or, or whoever it is they were trying to arrest and they were spreading it into the community that I, I absolutely could not believe that allegation was being made in any publication anywhere. And, and I don't, I, yeah, I don't remember the appreciation for that. For me, like, you know, nine 11, I don't know how long it lasted in New York. The, 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 you know, never forget. I got here in 2006 and, uh, there, you know, uh, it was, it was, you know, People weren't how they are now, that's for sure. People used to want to get their picture taken with a cop in Times Square. They, it was like a celeb, being a celebrity if you were a, a cop in Times Square. And now it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just not that way anymore, and it, and it is a fucking shame. But this whole, the, the whole virus thing with the, you know, the, uh, what they're doing now with the churches and the, and the mass gatherings and the comedy clubs, too, and and you notice like comedy clubs will be the last thing to come back if they ever do, and I don't think that they will. And and churches they don't want people going to church. Those are what they don't want is somebody in front of a bunch of people saying things that they may not agree with. And of course, there's the added you know they don't want people to have that levity, that lightness of comedy. They don't want people to have the reassurance of religion. You only have one place to turn. That's to the government. And they're the one, they're the ultimate authority with no gods before them. So people should keep that in mind. You know, when you wear a mask, it's, it's, this is not a minor inconvenience. This is a major shift in society and cooperating with it. Do it at your own risk, your own peril. Unfortunately, if you want to buy food, fuck you, yogurt boy. <laughs> they don't want anybody listening to anybody who has a message that might either make them feel good or help them to understand, you know, put any sort of perspective on any of this stuff that isn't Mayor de Blasio sitting at a fucking press conference with his uh, medical experts who really just... He starts off, he always, you know, when he answers a question about COVID, he'll go, 
Well, uh, I'll, I'll just answer from a layman's point of view and then uh, pass it off to uh, the doctors, and he'll, he'll tell them what to say mm-hmm. and, and tell them, to like, put, just put this in medical terms, you know, to back me up. And, boy, do they ever do it, man. It's, it's just a... I, I hate this world we're living in, and I hate this city in particular, and I, uh, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here, Al, because as much as I, I love talking about New York City crime and all that shit, I'm starting to wonder if I can do it. Uh, I mean, like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm not out there reporting from the fucking street. I mean, do I need to be in this town to do this? Maybe there's other interesting crimes elsewhere. I mean, I'm, I, it's, a, it's a quandary. Part of it would definitely be... Uh is not uh, dry of that. There's tons of great crime in Florida, and and you know what? It's more interesting than some of the shit that happens now. I mean, uh, the, sometimes somebody will rape an alligator out of spite. I saw that story. A guy actually raped an alligator, not because he wanted to fuck the alligator, but because the alligator uh, ate his dog. So he said, I'm going to fuck that alligator. That would not be my response. I would fucking, you know, shoot the alligator. I wouldn't just point the gun at the alligator and say, you know, lift up your tail. Sounds like he wanted a love affair with the alligator and the dog got in the way. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think that you're right. I th- I, it, might, it might have less to do with spite and more to do with uh, a guy who's just a closeted uh, gator sexual. He's a closet gator. <laughs> Uh, if anybody's still listening, uh, you know the show, and uh, that's what we do. Al, it's a pleasure talking to you and hanging out, and uh, much appreciated. Thanks for your time, Al. Sorry to take up so much of it, and uh, uh, hope hope you uh, you know keep on doing what you do at all times. Thank you, Pat. I appreciate being on, as always. All right, and thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. There's going to be a lot of what, uh, a lot of what. Why doesn't, Why doesn't he just say, say he wants to destroy the city and get it over? There's going to be a lot of blood, blood, and it's a lot of blood. Why doesn't he say he wants to destroy the city and get it over? You know, that's what you do. Yeah. You know, destroy the city. Destroy the city. You know, that's what you do. Yeah. Destroy the city. How much longer is this? Is he going to go on? Is it over?